always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. And always look on the bright side of life. Come on. Always look on the right side of life. For life is quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your scene, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance, chance anyhow. Any so always look on the bright side of death. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, except that weird TikToker who doesn't think Rome existed. Uh, by by Rome, I mean the Roman Empire. Uh, I was drinking and saw some videos on that, and I'm just like, um, yeah, people are stupid. Anyway, my name is Luke, and I'm your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Andy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Andy. And <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye to anyone who doesn't think ancient Rome is a thing or ancient history, period. You know, the more I learn about that stuff, the more I realize we've been here a lot longer as a human since race and civilization than we think. So there's that. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> and, uh, so this is a Never Realm, everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Andy and I, uh, well, there's been no New Japan to watch, so we haven't watched any. I, and, and before everyone says, well, oh, but what about Strong? Uh, what about it? Yeah. We got a, a lovely person named Mr. Ian who watches that for us, and, uh, and we love him for it. Uh, I don't think he considers it as taking a bullet for us, but but I do, and uh, yeah, I appreciate that greatly. Me too. He is the the Jesus Christ of our podcast, and <laughs> and, and guess guess when Jesus Christ died in ancient Roman times, and he was killed by the ancient Romans. So you're trying to say that that didn't exist either? You know what they did after they killed him? Uh, I know at least one guy washed his hands, but. Uh, <laughs> something well. but all right so in case listeners don't know a never realm episode of the Ribbon podcast is uh well you've just got a taste of it it's going to be mr andy and i just talking <laughs> shit until we run out of shit to talk about and then that's pretty much the end of the episode but luke what about new japan aren't you new japan podcast? i just told you there was no new japan this week and uh mr andy and i wanted a fucking podcast so here we are oh we swear a lot too by the way uh beware of that yeah. professionalism yeah. is by the way your sister on the podcast because i have been listening to mr andy's other show as they cover the peacemaker tv show she said that she was going to do her research on something but uh she didn't and i was just waiting for you to go that's because professionalism is your job and you didn't say it well i'm not trying to bleed over if i can avoid it you know although we we did do a dramatic reading on there 
you know, I didn't, I didn't like hype it up as much because I'm like, that's our stuff. So I mean, I don't, I don't run around on this podcast telling New Japan wrestlers to get their own shit. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to, you know, try to keep it separate if at all possible. But it was, it, it did go through my head. So that's what you're, you know. So it's yeah. a thought that counts. Yeah. Speaking of people who need to get their own shit, uh, I wake up this morning and, uh, you know, I. As, as as I do, I check my phone and I'm just like, oh yeah, there's a new video out by Red Letter Media, and it's it's the Bruce Willis fake movie factory, and they do an hour and ten minutes talking about the movies. Mind you, they only watched fucking four of them fully, so fuck off. Uh, I've watched uh, in terms of the <laughs> shitty B grade versions of these movies, I've watched a lot of them fully, and I've been reviewing them for over a year now in full, uh, I guess, but. Uh, you know, it was fun. They they did mention something that I'd never noticed before, uh, and now I'll be on the lookout for it. Uh, the earpiece. The earpiece thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's the earpiece thing. Yeah. Uh, now I did see comments below this video that said part of it might be rumors of his dementia, early onset dementia, or whatever like that. And if that's the case, fine. That's all right. I'm not going to rag on anyone for that stuff. But he got a history of being fucking greedy and lazy. He gets paid big big dollars, and he does jack and he does the least amount. He gets paid the most, and he does the least amount of work. I don't care. Yeah. That's some bullshit. So, yeah, that's well, <laughs> speak. I mean, one of, of shit. the one of the revelations <laughs> from that video, which I of course was like, yeah, they need to get their own shit because goddamn. I guess there is crossover between the podcasts now, but, uh, but goddamn, this is like your thing that you've been doing for a long time. And you have like some popular videos out there about Bruce Willis movies that suck. The videos are good. The movies suck. And, uh, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's kind of Johnny come lately here. However, you know, red letter <laughs> media has been doing YouTube videos about movies for like 10 years. So, Oh yeah, uh, of course. You know, and course. they fucking rule, but, uh, <laughs> they do. I, my, the revelation that kind of blew my mind was the the kind of you know uh, proof to their thesis about uh, you know him being lazy was the fact that he got paid five million dollars so that they could just deep fake his face onto some like Russian beer commercial or something. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't even show up. He didn't have to go. Like damn. Dude, that's better than turning up for a weekend for do a crappy movie. Yeah, you only get like <laughs> one or two million for that. You know, oh this is uh, this is the future of uh, making money. But then again, when faced with that option, you know, what's something that I love a lot, like playing guitar, or like, mm -hmm. you know, pro wrestling. Would I sell myself out for millions of dollars? Mm, maybe, maybe. Depends on how well, many kids I have, you know. Well, dude, considering we don't have like long-standing careers of like major fame or success, like. If some motherfucker wants to go, like Luke, I'll give you a million dollars to if if you do this. I'm like, yeah. um, well, well, yeah, that that'd be awesome. Uh, but uh, no one's doing that. <laughs> I guess I guess the uh, the you know comparison would be if someone came along out of nowhere and was like, listen, you do this podcast the way I want you to do it, and we're gonna pay you like fifty dollars one time you know that's kind of what would be like for us probably because you know, <laughs> you know a million dollars to him is like fifty dollars to us you know so dollary dues excuse me dollary dues yeah 
I say dollars just to make it easier for you, but uh, yeah, they are dollary dues, and that's how we should refer to them at all times. Otherwise, yeah. I'll I'll forget, and you'll have to remind me again. But uh, if, I've heard that if you're in Australia and you walk up to one of those like four and twenty meat pie stores and you try to hit a dollar, they just get they they actually they blow into a didgeridoo a pattern that means get the hell out of my store that only Australians understand. But if you if you offer dollary dues, they let you pet a kangaroo and they they say the meat pie. I can just like I want to see an Aussie remake of like the Pied Piper of Half Hamlin or whatever the fuck he's from, except this time it's like uh, a, a gentleman with a didgeridoo, <laughs> and he's luring out all the dangerous snakes and shit because those motherfuckers are deadly. We got the deadliest snakes on earth, or most of them. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> and then we can play, um, uh, then, then after he's lured them somewhere where they're all cornered. Oh, whacking day. Oh, whacking day. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. We got whacking day in Australia. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have that too, but it's for other, it's for something else, but. Oh. <laughs> and that's, and it's just some holiday I made up. So, you know. Oh, right. But, uh, right. yes. Now. Luke, you mentioned something at the beginning of the show. Did that's I? It's just like, yeah, you did. I was paying attention. And okay. it was like something about how, like, that's somebody said ancient Rome didn't exist. Yeah. And the reason that you were searching those videos uh, while you're drunk is what? Why are you doing that? I actually wasn't searching them. I was actually watching real videos on Rome. And then, like, in, in the feed next to it, I was just like, what the fuck? So I clicked on it and I like I watched one video and then I clicked on a couple others and they're just the same. Different people talking about the same shit. And I was like, all right, I got the gist of this. This yeah, this this person's a kook. Don't feed the trolls. Let's get out of here. But uh, it, yeah, she thought it was all like shit that was made up by um, the Spanish Inquisition and shit. Also, she was like, all right. You know when they dig up all the all this so-called Roman stuff? How come none of it's in Roman? And I'm just like, motherfucker, that'd be like digging something up in a, in like like America, and you're just like, well, why isn't this written in American? Like what? Is... <laughs> like That's because amazing. they speak fucking English or Spanish, you know, in some areas. Well, like whatever, you know, but mostly English. So yeah, um, you know, they should have been speaking Roman. I'm just like. For real, it was so, like mostly Latin or the, Greek. What are you talking about? The point is, though, is that you've been researching ancient Rome stuff. You're 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 into that now, just like I've been into that, right? Yeah, I have. That's cool. Uh, That's cool. I am a fan, or I'm not gonna say a huge fan. I'm more of a recent casual convert of this thing called Warhammer 40k. If you ever heard of that, yeah. just don't worry. Yeah. I'll get back to Rome. Okay. Anyway. I'm like, oh, I don't play the game. I've never played the game. I don't know anyone with the game, so I don't paint It's got the things. little figures. I just remember yeah. when I was a kid, everybody paint the little figures, and I never knew what the fuck it was. That's right. But I've read a bunch of the books, and it's, it's kind of fun. And then, like, my brain was just like, I think, isn't Rome kind of like real-life Warhammer? Because they're, a, they're like a superpower, but on every single border they have, they're at war with something, which is yeah. like Warhammer 40k. And I was just like, yeah, I'll start watching some Roman stuff. And 
they did. And it's been, what, I don't know, a, a few weeks now, maybe a month? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't think I've really kind of focused on any particular part of Rome. And for me, um, you stop at the fucking Roman Empire when it when the Western Roman Empire fell. And I'm just like, whatever was, I'm going all the way up to Byzantine, baby. <laughs> I, I don't even make I don't even make it that far. I mean, I'm really starting, like, basically my thing is that I'll just kind of, I'll listen to the History of Rome podcast, and that'll get me going, and then I'll start watching, like, these videos that I like about certain things. I'll listen to the fucking Dan Carlin shit, but I, like, usually stop, you know, after the Julio-Claudian dynasty, just because I don't get it all yet and i want to get it all before i moved into the three thousand emperors in one year the year of five bad emperors the year of 72 emperors how many emperors and then luke then the like the empire splits and then there's two emperor emperors sometimes three or four in each section that are fighting with each other and then they have their own little sneaky guys below them trying to kill them that they've you know that are like the crown prince augustus and so it's so confusing at that point that i need the i need the foundation before i can go into all that bullshit you know i feel like i feel you uh for me i'm just doing different bits here and there all over the bloody map but last maybe few days or maybe week i've kind of focused in on carthage uh you know, just be, and the Punic Wars and things like that, because that shit is insane. It's like, <laughs> which part? <laughs> yes, there's three of them. You know, <laughs> like, it's like uh, what? It's like there's one sea battle during the Punic Wars, which is still apparently in like the top five biggest naval battles of all time, and I'm just like, okay. That's some crazy shit. And, yeah, it was just me being obsessed with thinking, like, all right. So Carthage itself was like a offshoot colony of the Phoenicians who got, like, pretty powerful because of their really good place on the Mediterranean. You know what this has also taught me, Mr. Andy? I, I might forget a lot of things, but now I have a, a semi-decent – Ge geographical understanding yes. of the Mediterranean. I know Carthage is what Tunisia now. I yes. kind of know where Italy is. I know how close Spain, France, Germany, all these kind of places are. Well, together. And, and Carthage is like the gate to the Mediterranean. So like that's why it's so important. It's it's in the tip yeah. of the very northern part of Africa, and basically it was the gate to the Mediterranean. So if you control Carthage in that area, you could control the ships coming in and out of the Mediterranean from anywhere. And like, that was pretty cool and obviously very important and why they were a superpower. Yeah. So Carthage was like a superpower at the time. And I think what my, my loose understanding of what happened was all right, Carthage is just like, we need this place called Syracuse. Like we, we need it. Because we got the rest of Sicily, but we need the Syracuse fucking place like right now. And Greece is just like, yeah, come and take it, come and take it. Mind you, on the way out, like apparently some Greek general was just like, you know what, we've done, we've kicked the hornet's nest. So whilst whilst uh, we're backing out of Syracuse, I think these two powers are going to fight over it, and they did. 
<laughs> big time. <laughs> yeah, if you well, if you look at or at Italy, you know they could price. I don't know, but it seems to me they could probably fucking see Sicily, at, you know, from the shore. So like to them, that's got to be that's part of their shit. You know what I mean? So like that, like that Sicily and Syracuse were fought over many times. Even Roman against Roman fought over those islands because when when Caesar was, you know, uh, had killed Pompey, one of Pompey's sons actually took over one of those islands and fucking just started. He became a pirate king, <laughs> killing everybody and stealing all the grain from Egypt. It's just wild, man. Everything's wild like that. That's why I love ancient history. Everything you mentioned reminds me of 5,000 things that are just hilarious and crazy. Yeah. It's uh, it's just, like, I know there's this, I can't remember his name, but there's this Roman emperor who has a freaking bad temper. Like, I know a lot of them do, but this guy just, like, gets apoplectic and just screams and yells at people, right? Anyway, he's talking to some um, quaddy ambassador or something like that and he's telling telling this quality ambassador what's going what's what this is what's going down was that and this quality guy apparently was very reasonably going no oh, i don't really quite agree with that i'm, I'm more like this is how we feel and all that <laughs> and the fact that he fucking spoke back to this guy a roman emperor uh angered him so much this guy like immediately had a heart attack and dropped dead on the spot this roman emperor and i'm just <laughs> That's freaking hilarious. And uh, it's funny, too, because, like, I'm Australian, you're American, and we're talking about knowing, oh, we can kind of got the visualization of some of Europe and Africa and the Mediterranean heads and European listeners are going, like, uh, these guys are fucking stupid. Like, we all know this. Hey, man, who cares where, (laughs) where, like, Kentucky is or Wyoming? You know what I mean? Come on, who gives a shit? I'd much rather know where, you know, the dock in Carthage was, you know, because, like, (laughs) That's one of the coolest things ever. They had this amazing dock. Google this if you don't know what this is. Please, Dude, listener. That, it's that, awesome. You know what the dock reminds me of? What? Have you ever seen uh, Star Wars Episode One? I have. The Phantom Menace? All right. That kind of circular space station-y thing that yeah. Anakin accidentally blows up? It looks <laughs> like that. That's what Carthage's like thing looked like. I don't, that just, mate, that, I just thought of that right now. Everyone listening to like, are they going to talk around for two hours? I'm like, I hope so. Hey, hey, so listen, before we forget, we got to talk about the Punic Wars. You talked about that. Yeah. So I have to tell you about this one battle because it's the best thing ever. <laughs> this is the only opportunity I'll ever get to talk about it to anybody. So it's, it. okay, so there's two Punic Wars or three Punic Wars. And basically Punic is after the word Phoenician or Phoenician, very good pronunciation, by the way. Um. It's supposed to be a hard C. Good job. And uh, I heard that. I heard that, Luke. And uh, anyway, that, that's why it's called the Punic Wars, even though it's against the Carthage. And so, and that's a funny thing about ancient history is that we call these places Rome or we call them Carthage. That's not what they called themselves. That's just our name for them. <laughs> so yeah, well, the Byzantine Empire is right. not called the Byzantine Empire. Right. It was named that after it bloody fell. And that's how a lot of stuff in ancient history is. So. We yeah. picture them running around saying these words, and of course they wouldn't. Which, by the way, uh, I'll I'll put it to remind myself. There's a really cool show that gets the um, language thing right, sort of. It's called Barbarians. It's on Netflix, and it's like okay. it's 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 pretty cool. It's about the Tudor Forest uh, tragedy, and 
where somebody finally struck back at Rome and whooped their ass and they were like, but it's like Pikachu meme. Like <laughs> they're like, but but we're Rome. You can't do that, you know. Anyway, um, so okay, there's this battle in the second Punic War called the Battle of Kanai. <laughs> oh yes. It's, it's the greatest thing ever. Because it's like, because again, Rome is whooping everyone's ass. And yes, they have their defeats and stuff, but for the most part, they're just like invincible. So they, you know, in the first Punic War, I think they that's where they reverse engineer the Carthage ships and there's like a big naval battle or something. And then yeah. in the second one, they all fight in, in Southeast Italy. Like basically, I don't know the specifics of it. I can't remember, but um Carthage had kind of got a foothold and started to collect some of the Italian you know former allies of Rome like Capua and places like that so they're fighting against Rome and Rome shows up with their they brought out the big guns so you know about the consuls right there's two consuls from yeah. during the republic and the and like the ultimate like thing is that like basically they just say all right we're busting out both consular armies and we're sending the consuls, right? So they all go to it or to Southern Italy to fight Carthage and the, and the Italian allies <laughs> get destroyed. <laughs> it's like one of the biggest Roman massacres like ever. I mean, them getting massacred. Yeah. Supposedly like, you know, like 70,000 people were just murdered by this uh, Carthage uh, army led by Hannibal. And so, like, it's just, it's like the first major defeat and really where the legend of Hannibal begins because they didn't just win. They just, they encircled, they eventually encircled both consular armies and just spent the next, like, three days just killing every single one of them, including both consuls. And that doesn't happen very often in history. It's like us sending everything we got all the armies over and they just get annihilated on our own soil and you're like fuck it's like one of those punic wars uh carthage is coming at them with their battering ram ships right so rome's just like you know what we got we're gonna board your ships and we're gonna stab you to death we're gonna win this way and then like another punic war happens and and hannibal's like you know what rather than cross the mediterranean straight on let's go take the long way through the freaking alps and dangerous terrain and mountains where part of your army will die before they even like start fighting Romans. And then they make it all the way to Canai and Rome and shit and almost take Rome. I think like he sent someone to be like, Hey, uh, maybe we should have peace talks. And uh, they got a message back from Rome saying, go fuck yourself. Come take it. Cause I don't think like mm-hmm. everyone quite understood that Rome wasn't like the other nations. They were fucking total war for the glory yeah. of Rome, uh, which is kind of a, I guess, a warhammer kind of thing. So they got a lot of inspiration from the ancient Roman Empire. So, yeah, they, it was just crazy. Like, how they refuse almost... to give up. They will yeah. never give up, ever. Yeah. And so be- even when, I mean, even when they're clearly defeated, they're just like, nah, we'll rebuild an army and come back. And that's why people wouldn't that's why Hannibal wouldn't just go take him out because he knew there was some trick he's like you know and there there's lots of people that could never defeat Rome because they just always they never gave up They're like John yeah. Cena <laughs> 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 
just never tap, never do the job. And and look at, you know, look, people will remember you thousands of years later. And Makabe got all this from the ancient Rome. <laughs> oh, Makabe thinks he's like Jack Reacher. You know, he thinks he's like some six foot forever brick shit house. And truth be told, he's a bit of a brick shit house. So I'll give him that. But I mean, to the point of like, you want to see like, you know, Reacher usually because he's so big and tall, will be beating up people that aren't as big and tall as he is. And uh, I think that's what Makabe loves. Like, uh, where are them juniors at? I'm not jobbing them, motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. So I watched Jack Reacher. You watched Jack Reacher. Yes. I didn't finish it. And I told you, I don't think I'm going to, but you really liked it. To me, it's very generic. And it's like, mm. you know, I mean, it, I go reach. Yeah. What's that? I I think like for me, Killing Floor, which season one's based on, isn't even in like, I don't know, my top ten Jack Reacher novels. So uh for me to like it this much, I think part of it is like, oh my god, they finally got the character right, the tone, everything. That's fair. So I'm I'm just happy to go along for the ride. But um it's not it's not a bad book. But it's the first book Lee Child ever wrote. So, you know, there's some growing pains. There's some hiccups. It's like it's like him trying to figure out how to do the perfect thriller kind of novel. And he doesn't he, – he figures it out over time and, and eventually it clicks and he becomes like this worldwide phenomenon and shit like that, right? So – I think they did the first season and the first book some justice. Like if you're a big fan of that first book, anyone listening, uh, Killing Floor, uh, there's very few changes. Uh, there's an include. That's cool. Uh, all right, minus minus eh, minus spoil. I'm not going to spoil major plot points or anything like that. But there's a character that's in some of the Reacher novels uh, that isn't in King- Killing Floor, and this character turns up in this book. And I think the TV version is all the better for including that character because uh, she's a badass and she deserves a bit more recognition because uh, a lot of a lot of us wanted her to turn up in more of these Reacher books, but uh, Lee Child was like, yeah, he's a drifter. Like, he doesn't keep in contact with people, so, like, shut up. Ah, gotcha. So, uh, so, so well, if, he is, if, like, he's like a so badass better, drifter, yeah. right? Like, what, what did they get right about the character like to me he's he's played by thad castle which is awesome i i think he needs to like be talking about pocket pussies and sending more dick pics to me i mean that would be better but he uh, i i just i i am entertained by him he's good i it's just i did like that the story's small and not some like yeah. like he's not trying to save the fucking world or anything like that you know which is nice but what like so what did they get right about the character that had never been gotten right about before all right. So I don't know if I mentioned on the show, but I think you know, and I think other people know. I, I, I like, I'm a fan of Tom Cruise's movies. Uh, I don't really know much about him or really give a shit, but uh, uh, he tends to be in movies I want to see. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, he, two of those movies, movies were. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately for me, two of those movies were Jack Reacher. And normally I'd be like, oh, let's see what they lose. And they're fine. They're serviceable. They, they do the job. two of them? Yeah, there's two like, of them. They're so forgettable, man. Like, I just yeah. remember there's one that ends in a junkyard. 
and he has a leather jacket on. And that's all I remember about it. And I remember liking it, but not being like, oh, this is the new thing. You know, this is this is so, the Jason Bourne. Yeah. If you don't read the books, you don't or, or, or anything like you don't know. I've read them all. I'm a bit of a sad case here. But... <laughs> <laughs> so in case anyone doesn't know already, uh, the character of Jack Reacher is supposed to be six foot five. Uh, Tom Cruise is about my height, and uh, I'm not that tall. Uh, I'm saying my wife, actually. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're not tall people. Uh, and a big part of, of, of the the joy of, of, the, of the Reacher series for me is it's kind of good to have a big, big brick shithouse kind of dude that's on your side. Like, you kind of feel safe with a guy like that on your back. Like, Lee Child has a habit of creating bad guys that are so freaking awful and vile that you just can't wait for this giant dude to, like, twist their heads off their shoulders like a pretzel. Like, so so by the time you finish the book, there's a bit of a catharsis. It's like, he's punished them motherfuckers. I feel it's pretty good. So, you know, I feel like they got his smarts, his size, of course. Uh, correct. He's kind of charisma, and they also got his man. I saw some Jack Bauer shit when I'm watching this show. I'm like, oh shit, this guy's gonna fucking. Oh okay, yeah. Uh, you read the books and and I don't know. It's so visceral. Sorry, go. What, what were you gonna say? What does he? So like to me, he's he's kind of like the characters written to have like a charisma vacuum. <laughs> He's like he's the worst. He's he's a jerk to everybody, even the people that are nice to him. You know, he yeah. only uh yeah, he's kind of a jerk to everybody in the TV show, oh, in my opinion. I and so like that. uh uh I mean just the way he is. Like he can't just be like, Yes, I'd like to go to the store. He has some like smart ass <laughs> remark, like for everything. And it's like so he's kind of like a charisma vacuum a little bit in that way. However, the things that he does are what are charismatic meaning like like he should like at the very opening scene he just doesn't talk for like <laughs> forever and then finally he has something to say yeah. and everything he says just makes this lady's head explode and it's like and he's so calm even though he's been arrested in some small town and or this or that you know that that detective guy or whatever his name is so it, it's just i like that part but the only thing i'm gonna have a problem with is i think like six seasons of that this invincible guy that just had you how do you get heat on him he's superman you know what i mean oh there are ways okay. uh, there are ways yeah, kill his hey, brother hey. right <laughs> so that's the only thing yeah, he so, do. well in, in the first book so <laughs> right. now he's got definitely got nothing to lose you better okay. do what i say or we're gonna kill your entire oh shit but uh <laughs> i don't know i <laughs> strap in because Lee Child wrote 24 of these damn things. Oh. But uh, what do you say that for? It, no, did, uh, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like it costs much money either, which is nice. So you know, like this, like I said, it was like a small thing. This is a nice thing to like watch over the weekend to me and be like, oh, that was nice. Okay, what's the yeah. next thing? Like it's not that's, anything like you know. But that's fair. Well, I will say, unlike you, I'm a little more invested since. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a fan of, well, this is like uh, this is my I guess my wheel of time, uh, I guess. So uh, yes, in a way, uh, I know that they're two completely different things, but you know they're just shit that we devoured and they, that that uh, Amazon decides to 
<laughs> turn into a a TV show. So I'm quite happy, but what I do like about it and what I think might entice you in future seasons, because book two is better than number one, by the way, is that, by the way, like the Bruce, some of these Bruce Willis movies, uh, <laughs> season one of Reacher is set in Georgia, so they might have, got, might have gotten some yeah. of those Georgia tax breaks. That's not going to work for this TV series going forward because uh, oh, each that was Reacher funny. novel is in a different That's... part of America doing different <laughs> shit. So one book might be him walking through the snow and he meets some Luke. shit. That what? was filmed in Canada, Luke. Come on. Oh, uh, yeah. So, wasn't it? So yeah, was, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't tell Canada from America, so get out of here. Well, uh, it's just funny because in that Red Letter Media movie, they pointed out an actor that's in that show, the yes. Jack Feature show. Is in, this guy's a Canadian actor. He's in every Canadian movie. Oh. No. Uh, one of the one of the um, movies they're talking about uh, for the Bruce Willis guy thing, it's the cop from Peacemaker. Not the right. not the um, Asian yeah. lady. It's the other dude. The dude that was, I think, a bully character in like the 80s and 90s. I recognize that yes. guy as being some kind of like um, maybe some cokehead stockbroker or something or he's, like a bully he's in dead, character. Uh, dead Man on Campus. That's his most famous role where he plays the crazy frat guy who's just like that, that movie. I guess I can talk about it on here. That movie. Um, I the subject matter doesn't age well, but it's so fucking funny. And he's a great character. But in the movie, the gimmick is is that you know they these guys uh, skip out and party through their whole college career, and they realize though if you if your roommate kills himself, you get straight A's. So they keep trying to find like psychotic people to move into their dorms. Oh. It's, it's not good subject matter, but it's really funny. And they, they show up to this guy's house and he's got like a death wish. He's like hanging from the roof when they show up. He's got these like water balloons and he's like, hey, hey, who am I? And he's holding them up to his chest. He's like, I'm your sister. I'm your sister. He, his most famous line is he picks up a beer, beers. He's like, hey, I got beers. Let's drink them. And they drink beer. And the guy's like, that's not beer. Ha ha ha. It's pee. He drank the pee, uh, and uh, right. and by the way, Jack Reacher was filmed in Ontario. So, all right, okay, all right. I, I don't mind eating a bit of crow on that. But um, speaking of movies that I like, or we both like that probably haven't aged well. I used to be a fan of Revenge of the Nerds, <sighs> and there, look, most of that movie holds up except for this one scene where one of the nerds dresses up like one of the jocks as Darth Vader and then bangs the jock's girlfriend as Darth Vader. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, you know, as as a younger person, like in the, I guess, 80s and 90s, I guess times change. It was still pretty awful, but when you're younger, I guess it goes over your head. I think I watched a lot of these before I even hit puberty or whatever. You know, ADHD kid, take him to the well, VS or to movies. But as you're older and you might like revisit this, you're just like, uh, I, I think you just, I think you just raped that chick. Like, oh, yeah, that, that's well, not the, good. The '80s had this like plot device that they used in all these like comedy movies, and it was the sexy prank, aka yeah. 
you know, sexual harassment up to, you know, uh, what you're talking about. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that is not good, but it's in like all those movies because, you know, it was like, you know, they, they, they're going after teenage boys and this is stuff teenage boys would dream about doing. And, and most of us didn't do any of that stuff, but we Hell you know, no. maybe, I mean, good Lord. It's like, it's just, uh, it's messed up, but it's in all those eighties movies, especially the babe comedies. You call them babe comedies, right? Yeah. Those kind of like screwball college comedies that started with what, what was that? Animal, One house, with, right? Animal house and porkies yeah. and things like that. And it's, <laughs> Yeah, and it's when, when you're, you know, penny raids and all these kinds of disgusting oh, things. Terrible. When you, <laughs> I guess we were the target audience. Oh, oh, do you remember Zapped? No, what's that? Zapped was one of the worst. Oh, it's got bayos in it. You can like freeze time. Is that what it is? No, 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 no. Uh, Zapped, I think, it's got bayos in it. So you know it's shit. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, all right. So these two. Uh, I think they're in uh, – oh, it's a high school movie. That's even worse. But um, these two kids, uh, one played by Scott fucking Bayo. What's a Charchi? Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, ra- random uh, Simpsons thing there. But these two high schools get the power of telekinesis. Yeah. And so they use it to, like – tear women's clothes so they can see their <laughs> boots and stuff that reminds me of the time so that, right what's that what's I, there's this show called extras and it's like uh it was With like what Ricky what's Gervais? his name yeah he did after uh you know after um the office, the office. and uh and it's a funny show and and john luke picard's on there at one point and he's trying to pitch this idea to Ricky Gervais, who's just an extra that wandered into his uh, his trailer, and he's like, "Listen, I got this like spy movie, right?" And he's like, "So what happens is that, you know, uh, the, he's like the spy he walks up, and there's this beautiful woman like in the park, and and all her clothes fall off, and she tries to like pick him up, but he's already seen everything." <laughs> and then he just describes that situation over and over in different scenarios, and that's the whole show. <laughs> Oh my god, it's pretty fun. There's a, there's a, he was also on on Saturday Night Live once, and he made sexy cakes, but they were all of a woman going to the bathroom. So people be like, like a male gay couple come in, we want a sexy cake, and they come in to pick it up. But it's just a woman going to the bathroom because that's the only thing he thinks is sexy. So it's really funny. <laughs> that's fun. Oh, it doesn't say so on the. Uh on the wiki but uh, i do know that was a movie another a sequel 10 years later could zapped again oh my god and, and what again. happened yeah because i didn't like, i wasn't born in the early 80s i actually was so i was t- zapped is the same age i am so i'm in the i'm like maybe 10 or 11 in the video store and i see zapped again which makes me think there's a first zapped i don't know why i'm watching these by the way i, t- I turned out all right everyone i promise <laughs> but in the sequel they like they find at the high school a hidden compartment old rusted like full of old bottles of what they think is prune juice for some reason they drink it and it was the formula Bayo and the other dude using to use the telekinetic why are we talking about zap i don't know yeah. i don't know i don't know but oh, i think it's because we're talking about 
those kind of screwball cop screwball comedies what they called yeah but, I, guess so. uh, I guess they did they kind of die out after american pie was that like one of the last ones american it pie was one it was they they tried so to bring it back super bad was another one and like uh you know i think the super troopers might fall into that category it, it you know they kind of changed over the years but yeah the american pie series petered out and that's kind of that was kind of the last major one and uh, well i guess van wilder i mean it's it's kind of moved into the direct to dvd section now and uh <laughs> it's maybe we're better for it yeah right next to the bruce willis videos <laughs> red box exclusive <laughs> it's a it's a red box exclusive phi beta gamma national lampoons uh americans beta house gamma naked mind there you go <laughs> oh my god yeah so uh yeah that was <sighs> But let, let, let's go, let's, let's stay with movies, because you told me you had some movies to talk about. And I want to talk yeah. about a character from a movie. You already know all about this and, and all that kind of stuff. It blew my mind this week about this character. But first, you mentioned prior to us recording that you uh, have caught up on some flicks and you've watched some flicks. So uh, what have you been watching, dude? Well, we got snowed in, like legit, like thursday it started raining ice little tiny perfect balls of ice it was beautiful and then it snowed on top of that and got real cold so we've all been kind of snowed in meaning me and like uh and everyone in my area so i was just like i want to catch up on a bunch of movies uh so first thing I, I mean i watch a lot of shit but these are the ones that stick out so i watch this thing called the last duel and it's oh, like i think i think it's ridley scott that. yeah it dude, is yeah. I, dude fucking love that that's like the best like knights in shining armor like type of like movie or story that we've seen on the big screen ever like ever it's right incredible now. what's that i'm loving you right now yeah i thought it was awesome and like you know it's it it I thought you were going to hate it because of the storytelling device. Cause it does the thing that you don't like in a different way, you know, or it does like, it really uh, well though. Yeah. And, yeah, and because it doesn't fantastic. tell, it, it doesn't tell I, the exact same say, story. Right. Yeah. It's, it's it, more it, about, it, yeah. Go to you talk about it and I'll drop in. Oh man. I'm so happy you watched this and liked it. I'm so happy right now. Yeah, so I guess a minor spoiler for this movie, but basically the idea is that you watch the story the, of what happened, and this is like based on a true story of the very last duel in France. And uh, basically, you watch it from the main character's point of view, then you watch it from his rival's point of view, then you watch it from uh, the female point of view, uh, that is the uh, main character in the story as far as that goes, and then they have a fight. <laughs> It's awesome. The fight is gnarly, man, isn't it? <laughs> it's great. And like, it's just, it's just, everything's all dirty and it all looks so real. I watched it in like on my 4K TV with my Apple 4K and it was fucking uh, incredible looking. I loved it. And the acting's awesome. So, I mean, what, like, I, I intentionally didn't watch your review because I knew I wanted to watch this. You want to watch the movie, yeah. I, I when I really want to watch something, I don't pay any attention to the the media about it. But what did you think about it? Uh, I loved it. I think for 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 
Charity and I saw it at the, at the movies, and I think, yeah, it wasn't the last thing I saw at the movies. That was Spider-Man, but that was the one before. And the cinema in, in our local area had been closed due to COVID for fucking ages. So when things had opened up enough for us to be able to go to the movies, we kind of actually saw the first thing that looked interesting to us. And the first thing that stuck out for us was Jodie Comer, who's the uh, the lead uh, actor, uh, female actor in the movie. I just remember Mandy in the Peacemaker episode going, "We're all they're all actors. Don't say actress." So uh, yes, thanks, Mandy. She's, anyway. She is the uh, moral compass. <laughs> so. If I do slip into actress, it's I promise it's not derogatory. But anyway, we like a show called Killing Eve, which has Jodie Comer in it. She's gnarly in it. She's rad. And she had another movie come out around the same time, but it had Ryan Reynolds in it. And I'm just like, no, thanks. Uh, I'm a bit over him. And I've I've reviewed a few of his movies recently. I need a break. What did you think about The Last Duel? Yeah. So we saw her on the poster (laughs) and and we saw her on the poster and that was just enough for us. So we didn't watch a trailer or nothing. I didn't even know it was a Ridley Scott movie until the credits were rolling. I'm like, holy shit, this is Ridley Scott. We're going to have a great time. And we did. Uh, in, in a way, you can have a great time with such dark material. You, you did hit the nail on the head. I usually don't like things told in this framing device, but what I did like how it was a little different because the first time it's from Matt Damon's point of view and it's how he interprets the world around him and the conversations that he has. And then the second time it's how Adam Driver interprets the world and the conversations he has. And then the third one, and because one of my favorite scenes is like this party they go to mm-hmm. and Adam, when Adam Driver is flirting with, with I can't remember their names anymore. It's been a while. So I'm just going to call them their actors names. I usually do that in reviews anyway. So when Adam Driver's, flirting with Jodie Comer, he thinks like he's some fucking Don Juan fucking <laughs> sexy dude who, and this married bird like really wants him. And then when you see it from her perspective, she's just like, this guy's a douchebag. <laughs> and I don't want yeah, none of that. Very- right? <laughs> and he's so oblivious to it because he's in the court with, um, I can't remember Ben Affleck's character, but Ben Affleck's character is like high in the court and, likes Adam Driver, so, you know, gives him all the plum rolls and all that kind of stuff, and they do, like, orgies and shit together. So that that tells you what a good opinion of women, like, these those two characters oh, yeah. have. Yes. So I thought it was not only a good, really fucking good medieval movie, but I also thought it had some kind of cool parallels to today in terms of, like, the treatment of women and believing them and things like that. Because, uh, because, uh, yeah, it, the last jewel, like there's rules to it. Like if he had a lost, uh, and I'm not going to tell you who lost now, I can't, oh man, I kind of spoiled it, but it's a, it's a wife on a pole match. That's what it is. It's Buff Bagwell's mom on a pole match and Buff Bagwell's got to win or the mom is in serious trouble. Pretty right, much. Right. Swap mom so, for wife and you've got the general gist. Thank you, Mr. Andy, for rescuing me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, uh and and I mean, and the subject matter is really heavy, and I think they handle it well because they point out that hey, things haven't changed this much because this is metaphorically what happens in these types of situations. And so it's like, you know, it's a tremendous movie. Now listen, 
Ridley Scott has been shit lately. So, like, I mean, he's had some really great stuff. Obviously, some of the best movies ever were made by him. But, yeah. like, Blade that Egyptian well. Gods or whatever it was that he did, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I saw that in the theater, and it's it's so bad, it's hilarious. Like, it's hilariously bad. Maybe we I should watch yeah. it again. But, um, so I was a little worried when I knew this was Ridley Scott, because that's the only thing I knew about it. But, man, I think this is, like, pretty well done. Fucking love well, it. Massive flop. And I and, kind of don't understand that. I mean... Like if if you got a choice of two Ridley Scott movies that came out in the same year, House of Gucci or The Last Duel, fuck that Gucci shit. Watch the house. Watch the last <laughs> duel. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't even like Ben Affleck, and I'm saying that. <clears throat> he was hilarious in this movie, by the way. Oh, he was amazing. Take yeah. your pants off. <laughs> Come on, take, take your pants off. Pants off. <laughs> He's so funny in this. And like, uh, you know, but it, what's great about this movie and just like the next movie I want to talk about is that everyone in it has, represents something, but they represent different things as the movie goes on. You see it from different perspectives and it's like, yes. it's really well done. You can watch it a million times and probably pick apart all that stuff and find flaws, I'm sure, but I really enjoyed it. Um, yep. So I watched Last Duel and then uh i have another movie that my favorite movie of that i watched but it's not related to the ancient or the the medieval times this one is i watched the green knight a24 movie um i like this even better than the last okay. duel this movie is fucking awesome it, is it this is the one on amazon awesome. um it might be i watched it i like paid five bucks for it or whatever because i heard it was good it's an a24 those are usually good it's about an Arthurian legend, but like a lesser known one. And dude, it's fucking incredible. It's, it's, I, you have not seen oh, yeah. it. Is that correct? I have not. It's got the guy who's, um, it's got Slumdog in it. Uh, that's is not that a that slur. Uh, Dev Patel. That's his name. Yeah. He's from Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, yeah. He's the lead character. It's on my immediate, it, I say immediate, but, I think we all know my uh, watch list is quite long and I'll just get around to watching things when I do, hence late reviews. But uh, I have not watched – oh, the cast is really good. Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, yeah. John Edgerton, Ray Fiennes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's it's amazing. And I, I could tell you a little bit about it without spoiling yeah. anything. Like I said, it's about an Arthurian legend. So, like, King Arthur's in it. But he's barely in it, and he's not really important. He's just – he represents something. Every Everyone in this movie represents something, and, it, you know, specific. It's a fairy tale, all right? That's something that I think people should know going into this because it's yeah. not – it's a fairy tale, and all kinds of wacky, crazy shit happens, and it's fucking awesome. But it's like – it is such a great fairy tale because – like what happens is that they're having this big party on Christmas, right? And it's it's King Arthur and his, you know, the Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> they're hanging out. There's fucking <laughs> some knocks on the door. And they're like, oh shit, who's that? There's this giant knight that just rides his horse right into the fucking room. And he's like, ah, power move. And he's he's giant green knight and he's like made of twigs and branches that are still growing. And he looks <laughs> incredible. And he has a, an offer for the court and that's like that's that's 
the gimmick of the of the movie but it's a fairy tale and it is fucking awesome it's got so much cool shit in it and i like it's open-ended it but it isn't it's 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 a very thoughtful movie that i highly recommend and has i i'm not gonna say it but you know a friend of mine said that it is uh one of the best like visual effects as far as like the actual like green knight like what he looks like is like the coolest looking thing that he's seen in the movie in a long time and uh i would agree mm-hmm. as far as like the practical effects of the green knight are just like holy shit it rem- it, it you know reminds you of a guillermo del toro movie kind of the way it's made which i want to talk Ooh. about a guillermo del toro movie but it's not that it's not that far out there you know what i mean it's still rooted right. in reality but it's it's a fairy tale and it's amazing because you they flip it on its head in a cool way that I can't tell you about without ruining it. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's I had it. Just wait like a month and you'll forget everything I said about this and then watch it. And you'll be like, oh my god, this movie Tittle is drugs. so slow. I just need to wake <laughs> up tomorrow. You're gonna be like, this movie's so slow. Why did Mr. Andy love this? It's so stupid. It's just some guy walking around. What is this? Well. But it's not I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little more excited because I, I just clicked on the director's name and uh, I watched his previous movie and reviewed I have reviewed it too because it's called The Old Man and the Gun with uh, Sissy Spacek and Robert Redford and I quite liked it. Totally different to The Green Knight in terms of like absolutely everything, but I thought it was well directed. So okay. <laughs> it makes me feel like uh, The Green Knight might be uh, up my alley. So yeah. Uh, I, 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 wow. Luke, you just did the greatest segue ever, and you didn't even know it. Wow. Because the other movie I watched I want to talk about is the Guillermo del Toro, like, they call um, it a neo-noir, Nightmare Alley. Yep, I have not seen you that. that? <laughs> I have not. Uh, no, I, I guess I'm, I'm still kind of... All right, I guess my excuse would be I'm trying to still find my work-life balance. I'm just... Not used to all the hours and all the different things I'm doing it because I'm doing different weird shifts and stuff. And we've had, oh, you don't care about any of this. But anyway. Why are you giving me excuses about why you have I haven't the watched this movie. I'm sorry. I've been watching the <laughs> Ghostbusters movies I instead. Well, I mean, it's I just had five days of free time just land in my lap. So, of course, you know. Dude, I watched eight just... hours of Reacher this weekend. <clears throat> okay. Well, I watched like four hours of it. Um, so Nightmare Alley is my favorite movie of these three. And I loved all three of these movies, but Nightmare Alley is like made for me. It is like, the good, but it's only thing I don't like about it is it's not a detective story. If it was a detective story somehow, I would be like, this is the greatest movie ever made. But it's Guillermo yeah. del Toro. It's about a guy that's a drifter, kind of like your Jack Reacher guy and he gets involved in a carnival and it's just incredible like the the acting oh my god it's amazing the story is so cool and it reminds me of like the prestige like if i'm gonna if it reminds like the story it's like that you know the christmas yes not as it's not as mind fucky it's a lot more straightforward but like it's that kind of Good. feel to it, just like this really old timey and they get everything right. Every, you know, the, the, the famous, I don't know whoever said it, but every picture, every frame of picture, they say like, that's this movie. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you pause it at any point, it's just like, wow, like <laughs> it's 
So it's all like I'd that. I'd expect nothing and, less from Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Yes. And and you know, and the movie itself, the like content's pretty cool. Um, it's so there's a few characters in it that you just are like, oh, I wish you had your own series. But wait a second, that's not how characters work. They have to be these little tiny things that we just get a little bit of. Otherwise, they get run into the ground. You know, so it's yeah. really well done. I highly recommend that movie too. I won't say much more. Sweet. Uh, it is on my list. Uh, I have heard that there is a black and white version of this film. So a part of my brain is just like, uh, do I watch the color version? All right, cool. All right. Well, sweet. So, uh, did you watch any other movies? Something I did watch? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, if I... No, but uh, yeah. So all right, I'll 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 move. I'll bump those two up at some point. Uh, next for me will be um, look. I don't know if you've seen this, and I, I guess a lot of people have by now. I'm, I'm usually late, hence, hence the name of my show. But uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is next for me, and I'm really not looking forward to it because Ghostbusters two and Ghostbusters 2016 suck uh, suck balls. So. Um, and also, this is also the longest. Afterlife is also apparently the longest Ghostbusters movie there is. And it's got child actors in it, which usually annoy the shit out of me. So yeah, and it looks like to be a nostalgia cash grab. And I, as I say in my reviews, I don't Jesus have that. Christ. I don't. I I'm a single son of a bitch. I don't have. Uh, I don't have that kind of nostalgia feeling for Ghostbusters. You know, like I. I just, I just don't. I, I like the first movie. It's great. Rest can eat some butts, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like a movie for people my age who have kids. And since I am my age, but no kids, uh, I just see this as uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll be wrong. I hope. Hopefully, this movie will just be like, eh, just relax. It's you'll have a good time. But, well, I mean, you've already decided it's gonna suck. So I mean. <laughs> It's I'm not that bad. Definitely not that bad. I liked uh, it. I liked it. Yeah. I think there's some problems with it, obviously, but uh, mm. I liked it a lot. It's just like oh. one of those movies, though, that you watch, like Bill and Ted Face the Music. Remember that? Like that was yeah, pretty like good. It. You're like, I like yeah. that movie, and then you're like, oh, I forgot that movie existed. Like two weeks later, it's just like that. It's just consumable, yeah. you know, entertainment. You know. Yeah. Jeff Reacher. Well... <laughs> <sighs> you son of a bitch. But uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know. I I've, I'm looking at my kind of list of movies to watch, and I know it's not the full list because for some reason I have two lists on my laptop, and I'm just like shit. There's a lot of movies, and then there's new movies coming out, and I'm just like stop it. Just pause that. Oh, shit. dude, this has been awesome this past like year, like entertainment wise, like the just like the the Hollywood or wherever it is that all this shit comes from Canada. It's just been open all of a sudden and like the floodgates been open and every week some new cool thing that I actually am interested in keeps coming out and like it's keeping me distracted until I die. So, you know, I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely not enough hours <laughs> in a day, Mr. Andy, but look, there's something that you've known for a while 
that I just found out this week. And it is movie related. By the way, this movie's uh, been bumped up on my to rewatch list because of this revelation that I've had. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen these on YouTube. This is what led us down this rabbit hole, Mr. Andy. Uh, Charity and I watch these things called pitch meetings. Yes. And it's this. That is, yes. Okay, sweet. So we don't just watch them for movies that suck. We, we find them entertaining for movies we like too, because hey, some of the movies I like have fucking plot holes in them. And it's fun to make fun of them. You know, I like, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy who will heckle things I like and stuff I don't like. Yeah. So uh, take that with a, you know, use that to decide whether you, you guys want to watch stuff with me or not. <laughs> Maybe watch uh, shitty B grade stuff. But we watched one for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Mr. Andy. And he brings up a few interesting points about a man named Grandpa Joe. Charity and I look at each other and go, like, man, yeah, I think he's right. This guy sounds like a piece of shit. So we, we actually YouTube that, like, Grandpa Joe sucks, enter. And I'm like, what the hell have we got ourselves into? Yeah, it turns out Grandpa Joe is a giant piece of shit and an asshole. And then... Then, then you just dive a little deeper and you realize actually Willy Wonka is a complete jerk too. And maybe, <laughs> maybe the only person worth his pinch of salt in this whole movie is Charlie's mum, who's working three fucking jobs and looking after four deadbeats. Yeah. Oh, Charlie is a little. I know Charlie's young, impressionable, and he thinks Grandpa Joe's the coolest. <laughs> I can't wait to grow up and lay in bed all day just like Grandpa Joe. But you little shit, Charlie. You got a mum that works three jobs and you take bedridden lazy until something cool happens. Grandpa Joe to the freaking chocolate factory? I would have taken my mum. You'd have been owning that chocolate factory in like 20 minutes. Movies. Oh, I guess that's why they took Grandpa Joe. But yeah, he's bedridden, right? For 20 years, they all are. And for some some miraculous event that happens, <laughs> he manages to buy Charlie a chocolate bar. How? <laughs> it's like that guy. Have you ever seen a show called Little Britain? I'm aware of what that is. All right. So there's a character. There's these two characters in it. One is a guy who mines or looks after a dude in a wheelchair. I don't know if this is aged very well or not, but the guy in the wheelchair pretends he is unable to walk in order to have this guy like wait on him hand and foot. Oh, like but trailer soon, park boys. Yeah, I guess so. And as soon as this guy turns his back, the guy in the wheelchair gets up and starts doing stuff. That's grandpa right. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it is. It, I know this is like old news for you, and I'm just seeing you. You're probably just there. Well, it's nodding. like an hey, internet meme. I'm surprised you didn't know this. It's like an I, internet meme, you know? So no. I'd always seen memes with Willy Wonka, uh, but uh, none with Grandpa Joe, and now I can't unsee it, and it's <laughs> just blowing my mind, Mr. Andy. I'm sorry. It's just like I can't, I can't handle it. It's so amazing. What? It's Charlie's golden ticket, and Grandpa Joe takes it out of his hand. It's like it starts singing, "I have a golden I ticket." I have a golden ticket. Because <laughs> I have a golden ticket, it's, and it's Charlie's amazing. like, "Wait, but that's that's my chocolate." <laughs> I have a golden ticket. He's a psycho. 
And everyone in that movie is a fucking crazy person. And like the the little uh, little kids, the what uh, Veruca Salts. I want to noopa loopa now. Like they're all little shits. All of them. I want. And they. I want an oopa loopa now. <laughs> I'm like, you want you want slaves? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Veruca Salts like the worst. Uh, yeah. Apart from Grandpa John, Willy Wonka, of course. Because, <laughs> hey, well, she wants a slave. Uh, Willy Wonka's already got a bunch of them. They're called Oompa Loompas. And, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, and it's just nuts. Oh, my God. Like, did he create them? Like, what did he do? Had, if he did, did he make them just to kind of, like, make them do all the work so we don't have to do anything? Oh, we know. Here's, I mean, like, I've never even thought about it, but it seems obvious to me. We see what happens when these kids eat his candy. Like, bad shit, right? So, like, he has... <laughs> He has candy that, that turns you into an Oompa Loompa, clearly. You know what I mean? Those are like those are like former children there that he's turned into Oompa Loompas <laughs> that won the golden <laughs> ticket, you know, and brought their grandpa Joe. So <laughs> But right? I mean the whole deal, the like plot of the movie is that he lures these people in to kill them. That's what the plot of the movie is. And like Oh my I, god, know, it's a horror movie. Oh. It is. And like there's that there's the scene too that everybody always talks about the, where they're they're going through the the tunnel. <laughs> it's just terrifying. It's like what yeah. is this? Oh my god! It's like Chalky E.T. It's just like in a kids movie, and it's like oh my god, it's shocking. This is a movie for kids, exactly. And, and you know, Grandpa Joe and Charlie have seen like bad things happen to like kids and parents by this point in the movie. But as soon as they're alone, Grandpa Joe's like, let's have a drink of this stuff. No one's going to know. <laughs> what, you mean Willy Wonka's not going to know? You mean the guy who's noticed everything that's happened, that everything else has done so far? And then they nearly get decapitated. Man, Grandpa yeah. Joe. Oh. No wonder well, they didn't make a sequel to this. Everyone must have been so exhausted. I don't know. Well, they, they did make a sequel to it, and then another one, and then another one or something, and, like, what? fuck you, Tim Burton. Like, why? Oh, uh, yeah. There is nobody better than Gene Wilder. There never will be no. anybody better than Gene Wilder ever in the history of acting or comedic acting, whatever this you want is to facts. call it. He's, like, the best ever. You can't replace him. The fuck? Well, they already have because strap yourself in and an actor that you don't mind but I think is kind of boring is playing him in a prequel. It's Timothy Chalamblamay. Oh, I, it's uh, it's Paul Atreides himself. Well, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's an accurate depiction of my thoughts on him. I thought he was fine in Dune and he was playing that character right. That's the only thing I've ever seen if, him in. I never if, heard of him before. That, uh, so. I saw him in a. I never really heard of him before either. But I did see uh, whatever. Dude, is where's he from? If if he's French, or French Canadian, the spelling of his name, I'll, 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 it's fine. But it, it, I just see his name and I'm just like, this guy sounds like a pretentious wank fest. But <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's racist. Is it? <laughs> I mean, if you don't know the race that he is, you can't be racist, I guess, right? I guess. Like, I don't know. I just, I was just like, I don't know. It's just Timothy Chalamet. I'm like, I don't know. That sounds like a made-up name. Anyway, um, 
What was my point, Mr. Andy? You just jumped in with racist, and <laughs> all of a sudden, trying... my brain is just in like defensive mode. Like, I'm not racist, I promise. Oh my god, please just, stop You were just trying to rip this actor for no reason. I don't know. Oh, why. yeah. <laughs> I yeah, really. Know. Like oh, because he's playing uh, Willy Wonka Jr. Yeah. Jr. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's playing young Willy Wonka, and I'm just like, how and why? Oh, I saw him in a movie recently. It was um, apart from. Um, uh, June. It was uh, what was the one with the meteor hitting the planet and everyone's stupid. Oh, don't look up. Yeah, I really didn't I like that movie. That. I watched like half of it and was like, okay, I get it. We're you know, we're all stupid. I get yeah. it. You watched half of you it wouldn't. and you got it. It's like that's that's the movie. Uh, for the next hour that you missed, uh, they continued to beat those dead horses. So uh, uh, yeah, it was fine. I don't know, man. I'm a little drunk, so uh, I just feel like we put on someone. And poor Timothy Chalamet was my target. Hey, listen. So these are some shows you have to watch, okay? Because now you're uh, an ancient Rome guy, right? So yep. just, just like me, you have to watch Rome. Rome. Obviously, the HBO yes. show Rome. It's fucking amazing, dude. Especially the first season. I, I know. Ex- I can't wait to hear certain words come out of your mouth you're going to be like i like already know what you're going to think about some things and it's going to be <laughs> so it's going to be funny because there's some problems with the show too but uh it's awesome and you got to watch uh, no one else watches this but there's a new season on it's called britannia that's the one i told you about where it's like it's like uh they're trying to rome's trying to take over england but like the druids are there and druid and like magic's real and it's fucking crazy. And uh, that's a cool show. Their new Is this set during the time of Claudius? Yes. Yes, Claudius shows okay. up in the show, too, in, like, season one, I think. Yeah, because um, uh, I think that's one of the things Claudius is known for. Uh, he's, the, uh, he's the emperor that said, oi, I want that. And then uh, yeah. the Roman army went and got it for him. Well, half of it, at least, you know? Well, yeah. So, uh, but... Um, Yes, that's that's awesome. I do recommend that show Barbarians that's on Netflix. It's just like one season. It's about Tudorburg Forest, but it does the language like all the Romans speak Latin in the show. And so they like see it's great because it's told from the point of view of the Germanic tribes. So like it makes them seem alien and like even more the bad guys than they normally do. It's awesome. Good show. It's just kind of. Who does it make seem the bad guys? The Romans or the Germanic tribes of the Romans, of course. Yeah. Because it's well, as much as we're interested in Rome, come on, man, they're pretty evil. (laughs) Or at least I'm pretty. Oh, they're the fucking worst. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's like every evil empire ever is based on Rome. They're the fucking worst. (laughs) They just kill you. I wonder why you're fighting wars on all of your borders almost all of the time oh yeah it's because you're assholes yeah uh, it's because you're trying to try to expand <laughs> well it's because they want to tax the shit out of you so that you know it's it's yeah it's, you know they want to squeeze all of these provinces and stuff and get everything they can out of them for rome and that's what it's all about so you know uh, they are dicks, but that's what's interesting about them, and one of many reasons why they're interesting. But that's uh, so there's all that. And, it's like they and, grew and, up tough too, because they were surrounded by when it was just like this thing. They were surrounded by the Etruscans and a couple other tribes, and then early on they were just raided by the Gauls, and 
I think they just had that mindset of like, if we're going to survive, uh, we're going to not defend ourselves. That's no, no, no. We're going to have to go and fucking go kick their asses. Well, there's, there's a show that actually is interesting too, because there's a show that's come back with a new season that I don't know if you've watched yet, but it's called raised by wolves and the title raised by wolves. That's refers to Romulus and Remus, the founders of Rome uh, were raised nursed by a, a she wolf. Yeah. I mean, and then they, you know, there's a classic Cain and Abel tale between them and, you know, the founding of Rome is a lot like the founding of Australia, by the way, where it's a bunch of like criminals and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Uh, and the the early days of Rome. I can't see us taking over the world, though, bro. We're not taking over the world. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not your goal, right? So it's okay. No. You know, the glory of Australia isn't the goal. It's more like, hey, we want we want protesting to stop. <laughs> That's our goal. <laughs> um, I was like going on a diatribe that was supposed to end in some point, but I don't, I don't remember what it was. It was like these TV shows and oh, um, no, no, I don't have it. Never mind. That's good podcasting right there. Professionalism Look, dude, is my job. I'm sorry, dude, but Timothy is not spelled T I M O T H double E. And he was born in New York. So get out of here. Yeah, that is pretentious. But I mean, I don't know. You go by Grumpy. I mean, that's that's pretentious right there. Only if like over one of the letters I put a little like a little comma thingy on what omulet, whatever the fuck it's called. Grumpy. Uh, <laughs> Grumpy. <laughs> it's my Roman name. Grumpius Maximus, uh, the sequelist. Jesus. Oh, History of the World Part One. That's the other movie I was, or piece of Roman history thing I was going to recommend, just because that's like a fucking hilarious movie, and most of it takes place in ancient Rome. So. Yes. Speaking of, uh, I don't know if you know this, but there's a certain comedic film that is in my top whatever movies ever made. Uh, it's called Monty Python and the Life of Brian. Yes. Uh, and which, in, in fact, I even have a shirt that says Romans go home and it's got the correct uh, corrections <laughs> on it and shit, too. So uh, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, it's that's one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, I love it. Uh, I love that it pokes fun on e at everything. And I love that. Uh, I love that George Harrison swooped in and gave them the extra money they needed to finish the movie. It's awesome and uh, features a lot of Roman stuff, and I haven't watched it since I've been heavily into this Roman stuff, so it might be really funny to, <laughs> to check it out again. <laughs> even funnier. Even funnier, absolutely. You know, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's, you know, we started the show off with that, you know, song from that movie because uh, <laughs> while they're being crucified, <laughs> these guys are singing that shit. <laughs> Oh my god, so funny! No, it's and a piece I mean, of shit when you look at it, <laughs> I I think one of my favorite parts of that movie is the whole argument over the people's Judeans front versus the Judean front of the people, or whatever. <laughs> that shit is just that. Like Monty Python is so good at that wordplay, and and like yeah. you know we've been reviewing Peacemaker right for the Road Home from Wrestling, and it's been fun, but it's like Family Guy where they just throw 
3,000 jokes at you that are all like unrelated. And I might, I can't handle that. But like this kind of thing where the jokes that they're making are related and they're like witty and to the point, that shit's funny and I can follow it and it makes sense. It's not like just random jokey jokes, you know, that are just like, I don't know. I don't like new stuff, Luke. I like old stuff. Yeah, I guess most of my, a lot of favorite movies I love are probably made before I was born as well, but uh I don't know. I do like some new stuff. I mean, Blade Runner 2049 was kind of gnarly. But, uh, I like that movie. That was good, yeah. Oh, and I yeah. liked all those movies that just came out this year that I just talked about. So I do oh, like yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like new stuff. Uh, 20 minutes ago, didn't you just say yeah? <laughs> uh, send all your uh, uh, messages about how wrong Mr. Andy is to uh, well at SuperLexus17 yeah. on Dude, did you see Lexus Montez, our buddy, you know, friend of the podcast, is going to wrestle yeah. Alex Shelley, <laughs> Alex Shelley so of, cool, the, dude. of the Time Splitters, you know, in uh, Motor City Machine Guns in uh, March, and I'll be there front row. That'll be pretty cool, man. Dude, that is super exciting. I'm, I guess, I saw that. Uh, oh, you message, you sent it to me, I think, or something like that, and I was like, oh. <gasps> <laughs> That's pretty fucking gnarly, man. Like, I'm so happy yeah. for him. That's gonna be really cool. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm excited to see that because, like, this will be, like, this is, you know, this is a like the biggest thing for him because he loves New Japan and he and obviously came on for the best of Super Juniors because he loves yeah. that style and he wants to wrestle guys like that and it's like fucking a he actually gets to wrestle one of them and uh, it, it's man I can't wait. I cannot fucking wait. It's going to be awesome. Everyone listening to the podcast, the uh, Never Open podcast, by the way, is going like looking at the timestamp going, <gasps> they just mentioned wrestling. Hey, oh, but this I is never about wrestling. I can too, because uh, there is some funny shit and uh, some interesting things going on. But uh, before we talk about wrestling, there are ways you can contact us on the Never Open podcast, everybody. <laughs> That was all. Uh, everything up till now was an intro. Yes. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Everton Podcast. My name. My name is Luke. Anyway, you can contact us in various ways. You can do what Ian does and send us a voice email. That's uh, neveropenpod at gmail.com. Or if you don't want to do the voicey thing, just do the typey thing. That's all good. Or if you don't want to send emails, we're on the tweet. Uh, I'm Grumpy Two EB, or sorry, Grumpiest Maximus. The sequel? Yeah, I'm going with that. The second? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's how you do it. Is that racist or that? I don't think so. No. But, and uh, we can make fun of Rome. You fucking yeah. better believe it. <laughs> Saying they yeah. fucking dickheads. We can make fun of them. That's fine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> awesome it's an awesome thing to kind of read up and watch videos about but you're just like holy fuck they're a bloodthirsty bunch those motherfuckers but yes uh you can contact us on tweety i'm at grumpy 2 eb don't distract me i'm trying to be professional here mr andy and uh you're out on tweety as well uh at drusifer tweets and we're collectively at never open pod uh in case uh after an hour of this you're like 
you know what? I want to talk to those guys. Like, how do I do that? So, you know, now you know. Oh, also buy our merch. So, uh, do that too. So, uh, <laughs> wrestling? Did you say? Did you say wrestling? Yeah, we have that. I find um, it awesomely hilarious that Vince McMahon fired his own son. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried about that, Luke. Like, I'm worried that's some kind of storyline. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's headed your way, and you're not going to like it. That's, that's what I'm worried about. But I don't know. It you does know, seem I, like a bit of a work, though. Don't it? But it also seems within the realm of possibility that this yeah, guy who's oh, yeah. so many people might do that to his, I won't say it, in the way that they do when I sit. Yeah, well, he's on his side. But, uh, yes. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, do you remember, yeah. like, it was maybe two years ago now, there was that weird, like, raw underground thing. And it was, like, oh, supposedly everybody was saying that that was, like, Shane McMahon's baby and, like, he really wanted to do it. <laughs> they just... And, and you know, what we know about WWE is if they if Vince McMahon doesn't want something to get over, he'll just if he has to do it for whatever reason, political reasons, if it's a son, he's like, OK, well, we'll just make it shit. And then that way it won't get over. You know what I mean? Then we can blame him. And so that that does track with what the storyline is, you know, how Damn they supposedly. Nice. Right. But I'm well, I mean. You know, he's he's an evil person. <laughs> I know. There's no whiff ways about it. So, yeah. So, man, you, you kind of want to go back and watch those that Stone Cold storyline and just hope some of those punches actually kind of landed on that. Oh, they did. They did. Face. Yeah. Maybe, maybe oh, for good. both of them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, was uh, Austin a bit of a stiff worker? I think he was. Oh maybe, yeah. Maybe not super stiff, but yeah. If he wanted to punch, fucking hit you, you'd know about it. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Now, now that makes me feel a, a, a little bit better. Like that Bruce Willis movie where one of the bad guys just punches him in the face six times in a row, and uh, I decreed that that was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh my god. So yes, there is some, I guess, some New Japan news. Hey, it's news time. Uh, everyone's got COVID uh, at the end. Yeah. Like they've already like we've got a show on tomorrow night, don't we, uh, Mr. Andy? And uh, already matches have changed. And I'm just like, eh. dude, I'm fucking mad that it's on a, it's on Monday. Like I've been I've had nothing to do for like four or five days, nothing. And they're like, oh, New Japan's back, 4:30 in the morning, the day you gotta work. Like fuck. Come on, you know. <laughs> but I, I think I'll be at work like, when it starts. <laughs> so I won't necessarily sucks. watch it later. Yeah, but uh, hey, whilst we're onto the wrestling thing, um, we do have an email from a gentleman that uh, does emails for us, voicey style. Should we uh, yeah. see what's cracker lacking? Is that what we're saying? Okay. I promise to never say that again, Mr. Andy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes, here is Ian's <laughs> strong review. Hi, Luke and Andy. This is Ian with another New Japan Strong Review. <laughs> I've managed to skip some reviews because I was driving through a winter blizzard and then failed to catch up because nothing that interesting happened. Hey, there we go. Two weeks ago, Dave Dutra had a pretty good match where Brody King absolutely murdered him. That same week, 
Jonah defeated David Finley in a match that was okay, but revealed that Jonah still needs to shake off the NXT dust. Who is this guy? What's wrong Jonah with Rock? Me? Why don't? Why do I not know who the fuck that guy is? Like everyone's like, oh my god, Jonah Rock's back. I'm like, who is that? No idea. Um, where the Aussie show I saw that was televised? Yeah. Uh, he he wrestled Suzuki. Really? So yeah. I is he Australian? Um, I think so. Uh, I think he's got a bit of an Islander descent, but I, I'm not sure if he was born here or New Zealand. But you know, it's kind of the same difference. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, man, Australia, New Zealand. Eh. I mean, there's some New Zealand and Aussies that will probably be like, "Oh my God, what are you saying? Come on, man, get out of here." Okay. But uh, all right, so last week we saw the debut of. Bad dude, T. I'm going to stop doing the uh, impression. Who either had a perfect wrestling name <laughs> or the worst wrestling name possible. He was beaten by. Ju- I feel like I'm mocking the guy, and I really like him. He was beaten by Juice Robinson, but then helped Jonah beat Juice down until Dave Finley got involved. Following this, we had a main event trios match where the intention, largely successful, was to build Taylor Rust up as a threat to Team Filthy. Oh man, is Lawler still the champ? He's hoping they. Keep this effort up until he's matched with Lawler. Taylor Russ is not beating Lawler. Get out of here. I don't even See, know who Taylor Russ is. The thing who is, you don't, you don't want to have an outsider from New Japan beat, like, uh, sorry, a main player from New Japan beat. Why, why isn't... Actually, you do. Why isn't Filthy wrestling fucking names? Establishing himself as a champ by beating important people. Didn't he beat Ishii? And and Mr. Brad, and that was like a year and a half ago or something. And and You're a champion, uh, man. Come on. Yuji Nagata, I think maybe. I don't know. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> but you're right. He did wrestle those individuals. That's a long time ago, though. I'm not trying to poke holes in your thing. I mean, it'd be no, great but... if you know if fucking Jay White showed up and just took that title and was like, "This is my show now," and maybe I'd watch it. I don't know. But the point is. Apart from like, uh, uh, pe- uh, just thinking New New Japan strong guys, he's over enough that you give a shit that he beats Tom Lawler. Like, I don't know, man. Huh? And uh, is anyone over on the show this week? We start off with Aria Devari facing Alex Zane for the second time. As with the last time, it was good athletic singles match. I'll beat. You give you a flippy do guy, and while he's keep, it's really bad. Keep, re- keep reading it. This uh, is good. Zane defaults into indie flippy do guy, and while he's good, good at that, I feel like he has the potential for more. Devari is a very talented blank slate, apart from his insistence on a finisher using a flying carpet gimmick, which just seems out of place. Yeah, that's a WWE thing, Devari. Come on, get rid of that. That sounds WWE anyway. There's a spot at the end where Devari teases hitting Zane with the ring bell, only to toss it away and get pinned by Zane for the second time. The virus pretty well as a frustrated heel. So I'm happy to see where they go with this. All right. Following this, we saw the last of the Alex the Alex C series versus <laughs> J.R. Kratos. I can't, oh, can't. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be here forever if you make me start reading that name. No, I was just going, Jesus Christ, because J.R. Kratos was mentioned. So. Yeah. There's two things you need to know about this match. First is that Alex is really good. <laughs> which meant that he delivered his own offense brilliantly and he sold Kratos's offense well. 
The second is that Kratos continues to have the natural wrestling ability of a concussed pig. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Of a concussed pig, which meant that attempts at grappling were either clumsy or made watchable only by Alex's heroic efforts. I was ready to dismiss this match as an unfortunate dud until the ending where they gave me a lovely little present with a beautiful German suplex. Alex pinned J.R. Kratos. <gasps> oh, that's that's awesome. Uh, J.R. Kratos, I might mention this after I finish reading this. Ending uh, Alex's days as a young lion with a victory over the heavy of the biggest heel faction on Strong. This is great because I like Alex, but it's also great because he opens up possibilities for where he, where he goes next. Does he join the fight against Team Filthy? Or does he go on excursion? Go on excursion. Go to, go to Japan. Go to Japan. You're really good. I want to see you every time. Uh, only time will tell. But if they can either get him to New Japan, there you go, proper, or an excursion to somewhere like AW, I think it would absolutely blossom. I agree. A main event was the Jay White Open Weight Challenge Series, which just makes me think about the incredible missed opportunity that Jay White's run with a never-open title. Yes! But you yeah. needed to get back in Japan. So, like, I agree with that decision. So... Uh, except for putting it on evil. Anyway, <laughs> you could have had him defend this title on every prestige indie across the US. Yeah, I guess. Uh, have him show up with it on PWG. Is he on PWG? Uh, wouldn't no. surprise me. Uh, but uh, He's been there headline, once, at least once. So. Yeah, or headline an impact. It's not for him. Like, he's he's over already. Why does he need to go to PWG? No, for? yeah, that was when he was in, like, the Ring of Honor doing his excursion on the tour that I saw. Right, right. Instead, we got one defense against David Finley and loses to Ishii. Such a waste, yeah. I'm getting sidetracked. Jay, comes, Jay White comes out to face Christopher Daniels in a match that oh. was as good as you'd expect, which I'd expect to be really damn good. It's nice to see yeah. Daniels with harder edges than he had in his SEU days. It's nice to see White face an opponent from his Ring of Honor excursion in a new phase of his life. However, there was no chance of White losing. Well, yeah. And therefore, no real tension to the match. Yeah, I guess so. That's pretty much strong in a nutshell, isn't it? It was yeah. good. The crowd was dead. J1. The crowd was dead? <laughs> the crowd was dead for J White Chris Daniels. You suck, crowd. I mean, yourself. Yeah. Well, it could have I mean, been like hour three and a half of a four-hour taping or something that is know. true you save that for after this post-match jail riles up the crowd talks himself up and demands another aw guy ending his promo by saying i'm it's still my era bay bay yeah right uh good nice try uh, i'd love to see that match but uh yeah, yeah. this was a good show go to japan go to work <laughs> Uh-oh. Looks like Ian's got, you know, this figured up here, though, at this last yeah. paragraph. Let's... Yeah, it probably does. This was a good show, but it ran into Strong's fundamental problem. They have an hour a week, and they tape once a month in long blocks. So even if you're abs- if someone absolutely catches fire, you're not going to see them every week. Uh, the Alex Challenge series has been going on since June at a rate of one match every three or four weeks. That's awful. <laughs> It's rough to build momentum that way. Yeah, it is. And momentum is something a strong soul needs. Thanks, guys. Until next time, keep it strong. Thanks for reading that, Luke. I, I just changed it up this week for no apparent reason. You know, thank you so much for sending in your, your uh, you know, uh, 
audio version. And you know what? Just for fun, I'll throw that like at the end of the episode, like after a few seconds. So just so it's included. But uh, we uh, just decided to do the start reading and it sounded good. So keep going with it. But anyway, I think it's interesting the point he makes about like, uh, you know, like we're talking about with uh, a taping. If you've ever been to one of those tapings, like it's always like, the first episode, the first like hour is like on fire. Second hour is kind of a lull. The third hour is on fire. The fourth one's a lull. And so like, I remember when I used to watch NXT, they would every other week, I remember I'd listen to SWF and they'd be like, man, the crowd was dead this week for some reason. And it was always because it was like the second episode or the fourth episode out of the series, you know, or whatever. So yeah, I, I like that point. That's true. And that's something that tape wrestling suffers from. Yes, that is true, and I was absolutely delighted because I'm I'm looking at I'm read as I'm reading it I'm like oh Alex is going to get smashed by freaking Kratos that's great, but uh, apparently that's not the case. Woo! Yeah, but good. yeah, wow. but it's like a win over Kratos. That's like good enough to get you. Now you're not a young lion anymore. What is this? Like we still don't like what a young lion is, has just been ruined by COVID and, and the LA dojo. <laughs> so, All right. Like, Mr. Andy, I don't, I don't Mr. Like Ian, everybody listening. I have a theory. I will, I will bet five uh, fake dollary dues that Alex Kozlov books strong. <laughs> Did all the jigsaw pieces I, just fall into place or what? <laughs> no way. I I I don't think so. I think I know, I know that's not true. But because of how bad the weird the booking isn't strong and the waste of I'll go with you on it. Yes. It is. Oh, my bad. You're right. Alex Alex Kozlov is definitely the booker, and that's why he gets all his shitty jokes in and all that stuff. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but but like, why doesn't he book himself to win the title? Like that that's all the that's part of the plan. He can't even put himself over on commentary. Get out of here. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you know, if you're the booker, you got to be the champ. You know, who books who book strong? Is it? It can't be. If if, if it is Mr. It's <laughs> it can't be Shibata because Shibata's too busy being like. Maybe that's part of it. Like maybe if Shibata books, maybe he's busy because he's like, I can wrestle again. Fuck this shit. I'm out of here. Bye. Uh, but uh, I don't know, man. Who books? I don't know who books strong. I'm actually curious now. Please send all of your electronic uh, messages to uh, to answer this question for me at uh, superlexus 17 I can't stop saying that now. But no, uh, let us know, everyone, if you know. Uh, I'm, I could try to look it up, but it's about strong and um, we don't care yeah. really. We just it's for joke purposes. So. Yes. Hey, yes. so Noah, my yes. my 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 Wrestle Universe subscription <laughs> ended at the on February first, but I think I'm gonna buy another month. I think that kind of got me because there's a match coming up that I want to watch. We we know that Funaki beat Keno, and I watched that match, and it was like like five minutes into it, like Funaki just puts on a rear naked choke, and he like has it like in that wrestling way. 
and then he like mm. kind of cinches it in a little bit and it's like that's it fucking Kenner just taps out done in and five you're minutes like, yeah you're like is Kenno hurt like it was not a good match because it was just like a couple minutes and it like almost almost started to get good but you know no one needs a little time to warm up so that was weird but then as we know Funaki was like hey I'm gonna join Congo now I don't know why so he's not joined Congo and Kenno has moved on to to I guess convert someone else I don't know so his next next match is against Go Shizaki so it'll be Kenno versus Go Shizaki and that's on the 9th of February which I really want to watch that so that's gonna be a good match but that's so what is it like did everyone in Congo get into Congo by beating Kenno is that like the the law now Ah, there could be something to that because I think that's how Nakajima joined. But I don't know if Baby Keno beat Keno, and I definitely don't think Chris Jericho did. So I don't know how those guys got in there. Wait, Chris Jericho wrestled Keno? Well, there's this guy in <laughs> there's a guy in Congo that uh, is Chris Jericho. So I just refer yeah. to it. he like he he stands on the dude and does the come on baby, and he looks like yeah. Chris Jericho. <laughs> I know exactly who you mean now. Yeah. So to, <laughs> I was like, wait this, a minute. Yeah, that guy. So like he, you know, um, I I don't think he beat Keno. That's what I'm saying. You know. Yeah. But I don't maybe say. So. Well, maybe he would if if that was to come about. I don't know. I don't see Jericho wrestling for for Noah. No offense, Noah, but uh, he's going with the money. <laughs> I guess it's probably New Japan because they have more of it. I don't know, man. Do not know, but when uh, when Funaki joined Congo, they interviewed him and he's like, "Hey, I want Shibata to join Congo." <laughs> I don't know why. Hey, when you're gonna dream, you must be big. <laughs> why not? Also, oh Luke, uh, yes. um, you had a big weekend. It was your your wedding anniversary. Five years of yes. wedding bliss. Is that right? Hey. Yes, indeed. Actually, two anniversaries this weekend. Uh, one amazing, one not so amazing, but uh, right. So yeah, five years. Uh, you know, married 2017. So that was on the Friday. We uh, went to a winery and had a great lunch and all that kind of stuff. And the next day, which is January 5th, is four years since I got uh, held up at uh, the my old job. So the good good thing about that is uh, we went to that fancy festival thing and it wasn't until I got home that night about 9 or 10 o'clock I was just like, oh, yeah, I got up today four years ago. Huh. And that was pretty that was pretty rad. It just made the whole weekend feel a lot better. That That's kind of how I thought about that this 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 year. So, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, so, that picture where you, it's you guys and in the background there's like these people, real crunchy looking people dancing around and stuff. Is that is that like, is that the the crowd you hang with, the like crunchy guys? Uh, well, what we used to do is we used to go to a music festival every year called Rainbow Serpent, and it's it's like uh, one of those doof festivals. I don't do you do you have the word doof in America? No, what's the doof? What is this word? Doof. All right. It's so like beer. It's uh, a beer from the Simpsons. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, it's tough. But doof, D-W-F, uh, is like Aussie slang for techno. Because, you know, it goes doof, 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 doof. Oh, doof, that's doof, fair. Doof, it's an doof. onomatopoeia, yeah. like doki. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we usually go to this thing called Rainbow Serpent, which is a couple of hours away, but... You know, we got friends from other states that come for it. And it's about five days and all that. So I'm not a huge fan of that music, but it's one of those instances where, like, you have to try really hard to have a bad time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just, like, a good vibe. So you just have a good time. So we did that for, the, like, I, I even proposed to charity at uh, the first rainbow uh, I ever went Damn. to. Damn. You are a hippie. You're like those koalas. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm a bit more of a rock or metalhead, but, you know, I still got into it somehow. Hey, I'm trying to sleep one night on my first rainbow and the fucking ground's still vibrating. I'm like, Charity, what time's the music finish? It's Thursday, right? I'm Charity, what time's the music finish? Tuesday. What do you mean? It, it finishes Tuesday. I mean, there's, like, no stop, like, in between, like, people playing on stage. Like, no, 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 no. They leave the thing going, <laughs> then the next day comes on and it's like, then starts their set or something. I don't know, man. So, yes, uh, we we haven't been able to go for the last couple of years uh, due to COVID. So when this kind of like eight hour-ish, six hour-ish kind of event happened in, in Melbourne, uh, Charity and I decided to attend. We didn't, like all our friends from interstate and all that kind of stuff uh, weren't able to make or anything like that, but... You know, we still got a little sample of that uh, vibe and uh, just a little fun little story, Mr. Andy, is uh, I'm really annoyed at one point because uh, I see a whole, like, it's in this really nice area where there's old buildings and stuff like that and they've got, like, little DJ areas set up. And I see in the corner there's all this rubbish on the ground and I'm like, really? This beautiful scenery, this beautiful area, and that's like that's what you choose to do with your shit. Just leave it on the fucking grass. And I'm staring at it, really annoyed, and I see a roach. Not a cockroach. Uh, the roach at the end of a mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's no way that's I'm like, all right, that's penance for you leaving your rubbish there, you sons of bitches. So I picked that shit up and I lit it up. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot stronger than uh, I'm used to. So, uh... <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Luke, you pick up random joints and smoke them? You shut up. It's party time. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know, but uh, I think there's weed in this. So, uh, that's, yeah, so that's my sad little scab story about picking up uh, naughty things off the ground and. Uh, Hey, I have a fun, funny story like that when uh, I had a friend who was kind of a klepto and we were like I, we were sitting in the parking lot somewhere and like at like the grocery store and he looks over in the car next to us and there's just like an open pack of smokes and we were like 13 or something and like you know cigarettes are hard to get so he's like brother I'm gonna steal these so he steals them and we get you know drive away or whatever um and he looks in there and there's like three joints. <laughs> He's oh, like, yeah. And our weekend got got a lot better. So that was, <laughs> that was pretty funny. And those those people got in their car and were like, oh fuck. Sorry, man. Sorry about that, guys. Hey. <laughs> hey. 
Oh, well, you got a friend that's a kleptoid. That thing's going to happen. But these other pictures just left their rubbish laying around. I was like, well, yeah. I hope they came back looking for that thing. And then they picked up their rubbish as well. But And then they didn't find that thing. But... <laughs> well, hanging out with that klepto guy, guess what happened? Guess what ended up happening? He stole from me. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> That's very funny. That's freaking awesome. Oh my goodness. So yeah, it was like it was a good weekend. This is pretty much like what I'm doing right now talking to you is just a lovely icing on the cake, really. I got to have my anniversary day, got to have a, a bit of a party. Like Charity and I didn't go right up to the dance floors or anything areas and get amongst the crowd. But, you know, we were hanging out, sitting around, talking to a friend we hadn't seen for a while and just, just taking in the vibe of it and then, you know, that kind of thing. You know, it might not be – it might, you know, might be allowed to do these kinds of things, but uh, it's still COVID time and uh, we're, we're pretty cautious and shit. But uh, I've gotten a little braver, I guess, uh, because I work at a liquor store, which is well, still blows my mind because that's the job I had before the incident. But – and that's just law of averages. Like I'm in retail, uh, and apparently in Australia, like the liquor stores is an essential service. So if everything shuts down, I've still got work. Yeah. Essential work job, is job security. You know, it's but, funny. Like just just a couple doors down from me, a liquor store just opened, and like it's fucking crushed all the time. And I'm thinking to myself, man, maybe I need to open a liquor store. You know, like damn, yeah. like that's like they they yeah. always are busy. You know. So. Yeah. So, you know, I just figured, like, law of averages, I'm going to serve enough customers and pretty much, like, no one gives a shit about masks or any of those kind of things anymore. I'm like, law of averages says, like, I'm probably going to get exposed to it at some point. I'm just, yeah, yeah. it just is what it is. It's the, it's the world we live in, man. It's, you know, it's starting to calm down around here, but it's also cold as fuck and people just aren't doing things anymore, you know, although... We did just have all these like football games. Oh, that's something else I forgot to tell you. Uh, How's your team so, like, going? Yeah. Okay. So Cincinnati Bengals are the local football team, and like I, I probably talked about this a long a while back, but they're hello. You there? Watched them early in the season, oh, yeah. and I was like, man, I was like, man, something's different. Something's different this year. And so they went to the AFC Championship game, and they won. And they're going to the Super Bowl. And it's the first time in, since 1989 that they went are going to the oh, Super Bowl. Shit. So it's pretty exciting. And uh, we do have that going on. But the games weren't home games. So my point is, is that COVID seems to be calming down a little bit. And hopefully it's for the last time. And I can stop wearing a mask everywhere I go because I'm like the last one. <laughs> That gets annoying after a while. I don't know how Dude, often someone goes to me. You don't have to wear that, and I just want to punch him in the face. Yeah. Do you do you ever like after a while start scratching your nose like a cokehead because of like the little fibers of the mask are starting to get in your nose and stuff? I'm so used to it at this point. I yeah. forget I even have it on, dude. I mean, it's been two years of this shit, so I don't even yeah. notice. You know. Yeah. So. Oh man, I just that's the, that's the. Only bad part, man. I just like we have to wear them. Like yeah. customers, well, we can't That's say anything the to them. I mean, like, yeah, it's just you know, 
Uh, hey, I'd rather get the Omicron than the uh, other two. So, but that's something, I guess. Yeah, maybe it's petering out and, you know, it'll be something that goes away. I don't know. I just, you know, I'm tired of hearing about it and I'm tired of it in general, but I'm going to keep being diligent. And, you know, it's nice because like since I've been much cleaner, you know, wash my hands 3000 times a day and have, uh, you know, hand sanitizer that I use before I go in and come out of any place. I haven't gotten sick once as far as like a cold type situation the whole time, you know, yeah, I, haven't so, had, I haven't had cold in years. Know, yeah. That's pretty good. So I think I'm going to keep the the clean cleanliness no matter what happens. So do you guys have PayWave over there? You know, like rather than use cash, you just tap your card and you, you fuck off or your phone or your, or your smartwatch. Do you guys have that? You do, right? It's a, it's a thing. But honestly, like if you go to any store around here and say, oh, can I just tap my card? They won't even know what the fuck you're talking about, even though it says really? it right on their credit card machine. Yeah, like that. nobody used that around here, although it is a thing. I have the Apple card. It does that. But I just I never use it because no one knows what the fuck it is when you ask. It, that's mostly the way we pay for things like Chad and I but just use the card now. Because cash is fucking dirty, everyone. It's passed oh, around. Much. Hey, even before COVID, that shit is dirty. It gets passed around. You don't know what people do with it. They snort coke with it. They shove it up their butt. They wipe their butt on it. I don't know. They do. They, they well do known. horrible, it's horrible well nasty known. things. Right? But, hey, for yeah, all but... I know, the note I have in my wallet could have been one of the notes that was used when they just dumped a load of notes onto a bed and they banged on top of it. I don't know where my money's been, man. <laughs> so I like it to be in my bank account so I can just use my card and just be like, don't have any dirty money on me and shit. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually I, have some cash for the first time in a long time in my wallet because I won it at the Rumble party this year. I watched no. the Royal Rumble. Uh, <laughs> How many stars bad. did you give it? Um, many... No. That's the answer. No. Um, it doesn't... <laughs> it was not good. And, like, I remember, like, the first match was Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins, and I'm watching it, mm -hmm. and I'm like, this is fucking shit. And we had this friend that, that was there that like watches the stuff and appreciates it more than I do. And he was like, yeah. oh, there's good storytelling. He was explaining why it was good. And I was thinking to myself, man, I don't like the style at all. And that's what it is. Like this might have been a great match, but I hate that style. It's such it's so like it's so light. Everything looks so light and weak. All right. But but Roman Reigns ends up with a black eye. Like, what's the worst possible thing a wrestler could do? Is something that looks like shit and hurts like hell, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't the worst thing you want when someone's like either blading or like you, you know, or something like that is to be like, what caused that? How did that come to be? Yeah. Well, this was unintentional. He clearly got potatoed or something and had a black eye bleeding. I also purpose, think, you know, I also think that's a Seth Rollins thing because, uh, you know, um, I'm unpopular opinion here, but I think he's a bit of a dangerous worker sometimes. So, uh, yeah, Gideon, you know, yeah, yeah, just look at Sting and a couple other wrestlers injured. I'm not saying he's like prone to it, like he's no right back or anything, but uh, he's he's injured people, uh, multiple. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like my my theory on that was always like who's wrestles the most matches every year for WWE over the past like five years, ten years, yeah. etc. Like he wrestles constantly. And so, you know, I would imagine more of averages, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And and wrestling five days a week. I mean, yeah, it makes you like automatic. So like sometimes I don't know, man, that's when those big injuries happen is when some of the most skilled guys are in there. So, you know, I don't know, but uh, he did punch uh, Roman Reigns in the face on uh, on accident. So um, and and the rumble was funny. Break Jonathan's nose. By, yeah, he by accident. That. that was funny. And um, Ninja Sting by accident. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's on him. But uh, I just I don't I don't see how that's on him that one. Like it's just yeah, fair enough. I don't it's I don't know. Um, but uh, I think you got an old guy that you were expecting too much out of, and they yeah. you know look, look at what AEW's done with him. All he they have him in tag matches so that they can keep him safe and have him do stuff that's really cool. But like it's not dangerous yeah. to him at all, and so like it's it's uh, instead of oh we're gonna have you like main event a pay per view. <laughs> what like why let's 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 take it easy on the guy i want to see i think a lot of people want to see sting like there's i guess there's nostalgia there you want to see him do his thing there's nostalgia but i don't think anyone's watching AEW thinking like you know what i think he's got another real title run in him like no one wants to see that but everyone likes to see him chill out with darby allen do a tag match and do a scorpion death drop every now and again i think it's cool that's how you should use someone like that, by the way. Like, right. and I think you agree with me, not like, hmm, Goldberg's back. Here we go. Five-second match. He's the champion. What? Why? That... Well, one thing that was good about yep. the Royal Rumble was – You winning money. I did win money. That was awesome. Man, I, I, I lost my mind. Lexus was sitting next to me, and he got terrified because I lost my mind. I was so happy. He was like, oh, my God, what happened? It was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, you should have offered to take him, uh, buy him some of his, uh, some of your favorite chili or something. Yeah, he's, he can buy some. Um, uh, I don't remember where I was going. Oh, uh, that both of them, the title matches that I watched um, mm-hmm. were like uh, more than four moves. So that was good. You know, because there for a while, the WWE, all their title matches were like two, three moves. And that was it. So, you know. Well, that's nice. You got to see that four moves. Jeez, if John Cena comes back, you'll actually get to see fucking five moves. Oh, no, I got to see four matches is what I was saying. Not just four moves. (laughs) Well, that's good. So, you know, you, you, that's what you want, even if it's not to your style because of, like, the, the pacing and all that kind of stuff. Of it. If you're watch, watching it for, like, how long was the Rumble? A million hours? You want at least some of what you've watched to have been entertaining. So at least I'm happy for you that you were entertained by it in some way. The Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, like, half of it was like, yeah. They just were suplexing each other. That was cool. The rest of it was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> what happened i feel so bad and bobby lashley like i don't know i just i never liked him and i i don't understand why people are all of a sudden like oh this guy's awesome like no he isn't get out of here they've all been saying that now like oh this guy is tremendous when when was he tremendous oh tna 
When? No, he was not good there. I don't know, man. No. I, I, I hear people say they like him, and I'm like, oh, cool. I don't remember ever liking anything he ever did, but if you got, but I haven't seen him anything he's done in the like, like, like the last three to four years anyway. So, or if I have, it's it didn't stick with me. So, what does that say? I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just don't think that's that stuff's for us. And by the way, it just blows my mind. Like, how are they still the most like look? How are they still making that much money? Well, I guess if you fire that many people, you're going to make some money. Never mind. I just answered my own question there, Mr. Andy. Yeah. Yeah, they fire everybody. Plus, they, like, you know, they, like, already got paid or whatever. They already made the money. So, like, now it's time to make them, you know, the other money and do the thing. The laziness, like, though, it's never made sense to me, Mr. Andy, because this guy's over. If we push him... People will cheer him even more. That makes us money. Oh, but we've got plans for this. Fucking change him. This guy's more popular than the other two dudes. Get rid of that shit. No, we'll just bury this guy so everyone just goes to these two. All right. They're bad. Why can't you just taco girl it? Can't you? Ha- why can't we have both? Can't you just push all three, or just make room in your plans for new things and get other? See, they they hurt my brain, and I they that's why I don't I can't watch them. I can't. I just can't catch the odd show. Like I don't even watch the odd WrestleMania Rumble anymore. Usually I'm at Rainbow when the Rumble's on, by the way. But uh, yeah, it's just I don't know, man. They're, they're evil. That's true. That's where I sit on it. And, Mr. Andy, yeah. is there any, anything else that we should no. discuss? No? No. <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about, Andy? No. <laughs> oh. But we have to talk for a while. And uh, it's been, oh, I've had a blast, man. This has been super awesome. So thank you. Uh, this is just pretty much like our equivalent of like, hey, do you want to go out for a drink tonight? Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> so that's what everyone's been listening to, the equivalent of us going like, hey, let's hang out. Okay. And uh, I appreciate that. Mm. And who are we trusting this week? Should it still be Doki? I think it should be Dai- Taichi. In Taichi we trust? Do you want to do that? Should we do that? I mean, okay. Oh, I think you'd be very happy. All right. What? In Tai Chi, we trust. Take off your pants. I haven't done this in 20 years. Grandpa! I never thought my life could be anything but catastrophe but suddenly I begin to see a bit of good luck for me cause I've got a golden ticket I've got a golden twinkle in my eye 
Hi Luke and Andy, this is Ian with another New Japan Strong Review. I managed to skip some reviews because, well, first of all I was driving through a winter blizzard and then I failed to catch up because nothing that interesting had happened. Two weeks ago Dave Dutra had a pretty good match where Brody King absolutely murdered him. That same week Jonah defeated Dave Finley in a match that was okay but revealed that Jonah still needs to shake off some of the NXT dust. Last week, we saw the debut of Bad Dude Tito, who either has the perfect wrestling name or the worst possible wrestling name. He was beaten by Juice Robinson, but then helped Jonah beat Juice down until Dave Finley got involved. Following this, we had a main event trios match where the intention, largely successful, was to build up Taylor Rust as a threat to Team Filthy. Here's hoping they keep this effort up until his match with Lawler. This week, we started off with Arya Davari facing Alex Zane for the second time. As with the last time they faced off, this was a good athletic singles match, albeit with two guys who really need to develop their characters. Zane defaults to indie flippy-doo guy, and while he's good at that, I feel like he has the potential to be more. Davari is a very talented blank slate, apart from his insistence on a finisher using a flying carpet gimmick which just seems silly and out of place. There's a spot at the end of this match where Davari teases hitting Zane with the ring bell, only to toss it aside and get pinned by Zane for the second time. Davari could work pretty well as a frustrated heel, so I'm happy to see where they go from here. Following this, we saw the last of the Alex Coughlin Challenge series versus J.R. Kratos. There's two things you need to know about this match. The first is that Coughlin is really good, which means that he delivered his own offense brilliantly and sold Kratos' offense well. The second is that Kratos continues to have the natural wrestling ability of a concussed pig, which meant that attempts from him at grappling were either clumsy or made watchable only by Coughlin's heroic efforts. I was ready to dismiss this match out of hand as an unfortunate dud, until the ending, where they gave me a lovely little present. With a beautiful German suplex, Alex Coughlin pinned J.R. Kratos, ending Coughlin's days as a young lion with victory over the heavy of the biggest heel faction on Strong. This is great because I like Coughlin, but it's also great because it opens up possibilities for where he goes next. Does he join the fight against Team Filthy? Does he go on excursion? Only time will tell, but if they could either get him to New Japan proper or on excursion to somewhere like AEW, I think he'd absolutely blossom. Our main event was the Jay White Openweight Challenge series, which just made me think about the incredible missed opportunity that was Jay White's run with the Never Openweight title. You could have had him defend that title on every prestige indie across the US. Have him show up with it in PWG or headline an impact taping. Why not? Instead, we got one defense against David Finlay, and then he loses it to Ishii. Such a waste. I'm getting sidetracked. Jay White comes out to face Christopher Daniels in a match that was about as good as you'd expect. It's nice to see Daniels with harder edges than he had in his SCU days. It's nice to see White face an opponent from his Ring of Honor excursion in a new phase of his life. However, there was no chance of White losing here, and therefore no real tension to the match. It was good. The crowd was dead. Jay won. Post-match, Jay riles up the crowd, 
talking himself up and demanding another AEW guy, ending his promo by saying, It's still my new era, baby. If this leads to an Adam Cole match, I'm entirely fine with that. This was a good show, but it ran into Strong's fundamental problem. They have an hour a week, and they tape once a month in long blocks. So even if someone absolutely catches fire, you're not going to see them on every week. The Alex Coughlin Challenge series has been going on since June, at a rate of one match every three or four weeks. And it's rough to build momentum that way, and momentum is something that Strong sorely needs. Thanks guys, and until next time, keep it strong.